excited next episode of Middle of the Road the podcast. My bad. Yeah, we John Snowman the last episode, um, which was supposed to be on solo, and then we're recording this episode late. So sorry for the gap. Hopefully this is up pretty soon after, since it's summer vacation now. Yeah, Woo! I thought recording on D Day was just a little too on the nose. So. Oh yeah. We're doing a flashback episode this week, and Lauren referenced D-Day, and we're going to be covering two movies from 1998, uh, which were the two World War II movies, Saving Private Ryan and The Thin Red Line. These movies were both embattled against each other in the Oscars that year, both losing to Shakespeare in Love, I believe. Over the last 20 years, these movies have kind of always been kind of compared and synonymous uh as we'll get into this episode i i was always a i mean i am a self-admitted spielberg head on here and i still really love saving private ryan but the thin red line has really grown on me over the last 20 years and watching them so close together really had me wondering which one I liked more of the two. Not that we're pitting them against each other. Well, I will. <laughs> okay. Which one should we talk about first? I I know we're going to ca- start talking about both of them, but uh, I, I don't know how we should start this. Well, let, let, me, get, let me put this down. It, did everybody here enjoy Saving Private Ryan? Quote, unquote, enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> did every did everybody enjoy the thin red line? Nope. Mm. Sure. <laughs> so let's talk about thin red line first, then, since it might be a little bit more to talk about than us just patting the back of Saving Private Ryan together. I think what I mean, obviously, this is always clear with the movie, but it didn't resonate resonate as much with me until this most recent viewing but just how i mean every war movie is an anti-war movie i don't know who started that quote but um i think that's where some people kind of come down with these two movies is if i've ever heard someone complain about saving private ryan they they say it's a little too rah-rah patriotic which I think is perfectly acceptable. Are you saying that the the criticism is perfectly acceptable? No, or I'm saying the movie, the movie, the movie being, being that way, yeah. I think is perfectly acceptable. I'm trying to think of if I consider it too patriotic. I don't know if I well, feel okay, that way. Okay, that's a good thing to talk about. That I think compared to the Thin Red Line, it is like in your face, over the top. I mean, there. Yeah, it's like a. It's almost like Michael Bay patriotic in your face compared to Thin <laughs> Red Line. <laughs> Yeah, which know. is no, I don't remember that at all. I mean, yes, the 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 horror of the opening of Saving Private Ryan resonates and hangs over the whole movie. But that movie is very interested in making the U.S. military look out out to look like a bunch of brave men who did brave things, and you know, minus the translator, <laughs> left no man behind, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know. See, great. I don't see that. I think it makes us look at, to be pretty stupid in how we, where we put our resources. I think well, it's, it does. It true. does both, but it's just like the the it it kind of um, idolizes and just puts the the soldiers there on a pedestal. It's like they were all, you know, the embodiment of human selflessness and sacrifice. 
but then the politicians they didn't want to do were, it. Like, but they none did of the pe- because they orders, did because like, it was an order. But it doesn't mean they were like wanting to do it. So therefore, it doesn't feel patriotic to me. Or like well, I just I don't. That- I don't see your argument. Like I guess I'm just stuck on actually understanding what you view as patriotic. Well, I, I'm saying I'm saying in that there is definitely shades of. You're right. They they don't want to do this. They don't. Uh, they're wondering why this is pointless. But but it's like there's it, still a lot of they. This is we're here and we need to do this yeah, job. It's is it's in service the, to our country, so let's just do it. Where kind of, everybody yeah. in the basically every character in the thin red line is like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like this <laughs> well, is pointless and worthless. <laughs> minus Nick Nolte, yes. Who I'm um, pretty sure was in a like, different you, movie than everyone else. No, but I love the Nick Nolte <laughs> like, piece. No, but seriously, during his scenes, I started to wonder. I was like, wait, is not, this a farce? Yeah, Have I been it. misinterpreting yeah. this movie? No, yeah, I he think he is it. supposed to look like. He is supposed to Maybe look like. Maybe he is, but it doesn't fit well with the rest of the movie for me. It like We could talk about it later, but just the tone of that movie goes all over the place for me, and I hated it. <laughs> well, no, let's talk about it now. I was thinking the same thing, Lauren, and I got a fl- I got flack from one of my coworkers when I brought it up, because he's like, it's one of my favorite movies, and it just, it didn't, it, it kept, like, shifting tonally, and I just, I, I yeah. couldn't understand really and what you know, it wanted to be. There was that scene and, where it's like, something jumped up and bit me, and he dies because a grenade blew his butt off. It's like, seriously, guys? I, I couldn't take that scene, like, seriously at all. Yeah. Like, I kept being pulled it, out of the movie. And then it was also just like, I feel like any time I, suppo- I was going to start kind of bonding with the character and understanding them, it would just be like, oh, well, let's check on what this person's doing. No, wait, 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 go back. I, yeah, I didn't care about shit. any characters, except maybe um, the one captain. Was he a captain? The guy who was the guy, orders. Yeah, the yeah. guy who was defying or defiant yeah. of the orders. I liked Elias him. Kostas, and I kind of liked the guy who, for some reason, was the only person we got flashbacks to home for. It's like I liked him a little bit, mm-hmm. except then they just like, oh, the one woman in this movie ends up sucking. It's like, way to go. <laughs> that was Aomer I mean, from Lord of the Rings. It was originally, um, or at one point, it was supposed to be Julia Roberts. Jim Caviezel, a.k.a. Jesus Who Made the Chair, uh, was... No, the table. (laughs) Oh, he made the table. Excuse me. Yeah, can I... I do not like Jim Caviezel. I'm I'm hearing he makes the chair in the sequel that's coming out You know, you need need those chairs to sit at the table. He thought, you know, when he was making the table, he's like, man, my back really hurts. I got to get something to sit down on while I'm making this. Everyone else has to bring their chair. They make it themselves and bring it to the table. We're all going to hell. (laughs) It's okay. Half of us don't believe in hell. <laughs> what other tonal bits threw you off? I'm curious. I can't. I don't know. Like it was like a week ago, and I've already forgotten a lot of this movie. But I'm gonna say yeah. one thing. It's a problem. It's just a problem for me for whatever reason. It comes up a lot in video games. Whenever there are voiceovers, like I can give you like 15 seconds, and then I tune out. Like so, and half of this movie is voiceover. Yeah, at least and- half. And, and it's, it was like, just like, it's like, we get it. You're adapted from a book. Write your own script, weirdos. <laughs> and it's like, each of these soldiers is just this poet. And it just kind of, it and gets a I little old. But yeah, but I don't connect to any of the soldiers. 
And like well, that, no, but that too. It's just I can't stand yeah. his voice. I don't know what it is. I just don't like him. And he's always smiling at people. And you took my joke I was gonna make, but he was just smiling, knowing like <laughs> you don't know it yet, guys. But I make the table later. <laughs> it's, like, it's just uh, apparently Adrian Brody's character was supposed to be the lead of this movie, but like all of his scenes got cut out. It's like I want to see that movie. I don't care about Jim Caviezel's yeah, character at all. I don't care about these the little thing. kids he's swimming with. Well, I don't care about him looking at them and being around yeah. them. The kids are cool, but it's like. like Except for the one that kicked the dog. That kid's awful. Caviezel is the main character, but it's also like, I, I don't, the only reason I can understand why is because he's in the first scene of the movie. Yeah. And in one of the last scenes. There, there's, not there's, like, no main, there's no main character. He's an empty character, character but, but they yeah, set but there, it up like he is. There, like there's there supposed to be some yeah. through line with him and Sean Penn. But they're all supporting characters, but they're not supporting anyone i mean you know you know what i mean it's like they all feel like side characters there's but there's no one no one we can follow through this movie really i i, guess. I well the, the you're following the, the the battle i think and but it's you're, not that exciting of a battle well i mean when you're when your goal of the movie is to just capture how horrific this all is and how pointless it is i mean it's yeah, not supposed to be you exciting do it. it's like Saving Private Ryan does it right. This movie just felt so heightened in all its moments. Like, uh, what was that one? The guy who, um, I can't remember his name. He He's dying. I think his, like, innards are coming out Which or something. Movie? And he's just, and the Thin Red Line. He's dying mm. and he's just screaming bloody murder on the battlefield. It's like, it just, even if that's accurate, like, I've never been to war. I don't know what this is like. But it's just, it was too much. And it just... It kept taking me out of it. I, I don't know. There were only two scenes in the entire movie, like, I felt really anything. And it was when they finally made it up the hill and you just see that they're all kind of malnourished and defeated in a sense already. Like, that was kind of impactful. And then the very ending, because Sean Penn is just such a good actor when he's sad, I'm sad. <laughs> the movie the the movie didn't carry that sean penn did just himself and another thing about this movie it kept getting pulled out of it because it's just like there's that actor and there's that actor hey that actor's in this movie john c Riley, what are you doing here yeah you could say the same thing about saving private ryan oh this one had way more than saving private ryan though it's like other than um yeah but it, but it also felt cheap like at the end when george clooney was there it was just like okay like well because because i remember when i looked it up it's like, <laughs> like oh george clooney's yeah it's like george clooney's in this movie oh shit and then in the very end i'm like oh well i guess he is in the movie <laughs> that was a technically correct statement it's not but wrong like, i guess everyone like legitimately everyone wanted to be in this movie because it was Tarek malik's or terrence malik terrence yeah. and he, he was, was his first movie like, in like what? 20 years or something yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. like everyone what was it? begging it's... to be in this movie and i just don't get it though another thing like you were asking what all kept taking me out uh i don't know how you pronounce his last name but dash mihawk or whatever you know that guy? He was the one who like finally killed someone. He's like, I killed somebody. But like oh, the big his, guy? his face, he's blonde. I don't know if he's big or hmm. not. But like his face was a constant emoji. Every time it went to him, I just could not take him seriously because his expressions were so much. <laughs> like, uh, I just I didn't I know, know what movie about, we're yes. in. It's an it's an anti war movie. <laughs> I think um, it's an anti movie because it's bad. Yeah, it's it's made me anti war movie. I guess. 
for the most part. And I didn't know what stance they were trying to take on the like the Japanese soldiers they were battling. Like, how are we supposed to feel about them? Were, was it supposed to be propaganda where we were like, oh, we're supposed to hate all these guys because they're mindless killers? Or are we supposed to sympathize? Because then when we get up to them and like the guys taking their teeth and they're just like half of them are super frightened and everything. It's like, okay, now I feel really bad for these Japanese soldiers and the Americans suck. So I didn't know who I was supposed to feel for. I think you're supposed to feel for anybody that got caught in this cluster cuss of a war. While it doesn't, if you want to see a really good movie on like the Japanese side of things over there, um, Clint Eastwood's Letters from Iwo Jima is actually fantastic. And it's just, but it's just, and I kind of wish watching Saving Private Ryan like I felt like Band of Brothers did a little bit better job of showing the, the, the the other side of the fight than Saving Private Ryan does. I mean, we only kind of vaguely get to know one German. And... What you mean, Betty Boop doesn't symbolize the entire German <laughs> culture? Um, and then, well, no, just like the scene I'm thinking about in Band of Brothers, they're like walking past these german soldiers and he's like just one of the american soldiers is just like saying bad things to him and one of the soldiers responds to him in like perfect american accent and he finds out they like live like a town away from each other and Mm -hmm. this this guy was recruit like his parents basically made put him on a plane and sent him to germany because that they were answering the call this guy was kind of stuck you know he just ended up he didn't really have a choice didn't want to be there wasn't and you know uh, all the countless people who die in war that you know are are, are just pawns and they did do yeah. that well in saving private ryan and there was a scene where the i didn't know this because i don't know czech or german mm-hmm. like i didn't mm-hmm. understand it was like who i was listening to because like the two soldiers in the beginning after they stormed the beach who were trying to surrender they were actually speaking mm-hmm. czech and just saying mm-hmm. that they're not German, they're Czech, and like mm-hmm. they weren't killing anyone or anything, because you know, in like I don't, I don't know a lot about the German or like um, war in general, but history but you and whatnot. But constricted into but, the army. But yeah, uh, Kyle was telling me earlier. It's just like a lot of these people were like prisoners and made prisoners when like Germans invaded their countries or whatever. They mm-hmm. took them and forced them to serve in their army. Yeah, and it's like I, oh, I wish I had known that while watching it. It's like I'm glad I know it now, but the only reason I know that is because I looked through the trivia on imdb yeah. no i i actually did not know that mm-hmm. that is that's, that's a, crazy that's a good tidbit like i was saying at the beginning though i i know you guys are down on the red line but it, the movie just can i can i actually uh say a couple things in defense of it well i mean i think i, I think, think zach was about to so you can talk <laughs> after he does no go ahead well, go ahead well, john well i didn't know if he was like grouping us all in together sort of oh, so okay. that's why no, go ahead. i figured i'd speak up like i i had actually seen uh, Tree of Life before oh, Tree of Life is the first Terrence Malick film I've ever seen. <laughs> what'd you say? Um, no, John, say, what'd you say about Tree of Life? It's the first Terrence Malick film I'd ever seen. And I remember. Oh, okay. uh, I thought you gave an opinion on that movie too. No, he just said well, that, uh, and then I talked over him. So go on, John. <laughs> it was a. It was an interesting film. That movie's incredible. I can't wait the for the 50 minute longer cut. I on call Criterion it like half summer. screensaver, half movie. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. There were a lot of int- like for a film to, I've never known a film to be like really kind of like strictly stream of consciousness, but that's exactly what I think tree of life is. Um, it's super stream of consciousness. Um, and I think like seeing that style, 
kind of maybe not originate because I haven't seen any else of Terrence Mountain. His work, his but seeing that the, the, his modern style kind of started it 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 started with this movie where I think he okay. he took all he takes a ton of footage and then edits edits it like then kind of piece re pieces everything together yeah like the original the first cut of this movie was five hours long and then they had to start mm-hmm. editing it down yeah. jesus christ yeah i think uh i i think it was interesting i think it was an interesting take on uh a subject such as war and to intersperse it with scenes that are a little bit more easier to follow whether it's direct battle scenes or arguments that Nick Nolte is having with like various commanding officers or that kind of thing. I think it was an interesting take on war and it was an interesting way to kind of get more at the internal psyche and struggles of uh, the soldiers and kind of reveal that like, they're not always this kind of stereotype that we think of just these brutish like knuckleheads that we send off to like fight our battles or whatever. Like they're humans and they've got worries and they've got concerns and they're put in, to incredible situations that they probably should never have been put into, but that's just partly maybe because of their choice or partly because of the draft or whatever. Like that's just how things turned out. And I think it gave me, it gave me appreciation for um, the job the military does. And as well as like that, those experiences that those people went through that being said, yeah, it is kind of hard to follow at times. Um, a lot of the time it's the the cycling between the different characters although i appreciate that and him trying to show a comprehensive like sort of experience of what they all went to it was kind of dizzying at times um but i appreciated that he wanted to tell this kind of unified story through the perspective of multiple different people um i thought that was ambitious to say the least so that should get some recognition the movie is also gorgeous like it's in it looks so damn good <laughs> it was more of a, it more took into account like i want to say like the cinematography of what it was trying to convey more so than uh saving private ryan which i did appreciate as well oh i mean saving private ryan is a beautifully made movie as well but uh just some of those shots up and over all the soldiers in the rolling hills um yeah i could take that like as mm. with like I, I just heard myself say as an artist I felt so like such a dick <laughs> but it's like I do remember seeing certain scenes where I really appreciated the composition of it mm-hmm. where the soldier would be on the hills and whatnot and just like I definitely there were I did enjoy the look of it a lot of the times but overall like I just couldn't get into the movie or stay in it and that's I, I can totally like I'm not gonna get defensive about it with it I mean Malik's style and you know like his heavy reliance on voiceover yeah that's just not for me at all it's it's not for everybody and um but i i've grown to appreciate his filmmaking style over the years more and more these i i've only seen his first two movies i haven't seen the first one badlands so i hear it's great but i've also hear it's his most conventional movie by a long shot it's been still meaning to watch that one but um i've really enjoyed enjoyed slash thought like um, I just put he made my top ten ish last year I think with his movie the song to song with uh, about the Austin music scene and um, yeah I can't believe I can't believe I missed like five different movies after Tree of Life came out by him I like I knew Knight of Cups Knight of Cups I mm-hmm. remember seeing a bunch of stuff for but the other ones 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm I with you. It. I've only seen Tree of Light, and I hated it. And I've only <laughs> seen, and then this one as well. So, I will say, for as as contemplative and just as like uh, observant as this movie is at times, just like letting you look at everything, I still think when it decides to do action, especially when it takes the bunker at the top, like it is a really effective action filmmaking too. And while it's not as end-to-end as Saving Private Ryan is, um, and for as anti-war as this movie is, I thought it was still interesting that, you know, they still weren't afraid to show off. I guess it's history. It's not like they're making this up. But, um, like, showing off just how effective these guys, even if they were all, like, I don't want to be here. I guess John Cusack, who led that, did want to be there. But, um Mm -hmm how effective the might of American military can be at the same time. Um, uh, and I think Saving Private Ryan does a good, pretty good job about that as well. I just, just compared to this movie, how overtly anti-war it is. It, it like I, we were saying at the beginning, it just makes Saving Private Ryan feel a much more um, rah-rah America. Yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day, when the main thing I can remember about a movie is that someone got shot or someone blew off their butt, and at one point a little bird was crawling on the ground struggling, the movie obviously did not stick with me. <laughs> I, I mean, in the like, I'm just going to make one last comparison. Um, and I think maybe watching this after hurting Saving Private Ryan hurt it in my eyes too, but. These movies are both two and a half hours long. Like, yeah. Saving Private Ryan feels two and a half hours long. The Thin Red Line feels much longer than that. Like, it was a chore. I had to pause it, take breaks, (laughs) and then come back. Like, I just, it was so slow, confusing, and I just, I... Yeah, it became very clear to me comparing these movies that I need more of a movie-type plot (laughs) to be attached to it. Saving Private Ryan's much more straightforward of a film. There's this guy Mm -hmm. named Ryan, and we gotta save him. Okay, well, there you go. Um, And I I do agree with you, Zach, actually. It did feel more uh, rah-rah or patriotic or nationalistic, especially towards the very end. Like, that end Mm -hmm. um, sequence, I think, kind of really really pours it over like end as in flashback or end as in cemetery end as in cemetery so when they flash forward back to the present um at arlington seminary or seminary cemetery is it there if they're in normandy oh is it normandy Normandy. is that like at the oh crazy yeah i yeah i think there's a ceremony there's a cemetery in Normandy. oh that okay well that oh yeah because there's like french flags all over the place right Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah okay that makes more sense and just the the last shot is the waving American flag. Like that being said, I remember like right after that first like war, I'm assuming is fought very differently nowadays. Like when you watch media or whatever, um, it seems them drones. Yeah, exactly. It's like that first sequence of saving private Ryan is probably the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life. And it really gave me appreciation for kind of the sacrifices of the quote-unquote greatest generation. Yeah, they had to set up, like, a hotline for veterans to call because it was causing them to have, like, PTSD flashbacks. I think you're, you're bringing up... Sorry to jump in. You're good. One of your, one of, that actually was one of the comparisons that 
because I, I I watch these almost a day apart. I might have watched parts of them in the same day because I watch I watched Thin Red Line in two parts too. I believe I definitely the, tried to binge watch both of them on the same day. That was um, a mistake. It yeah, was. that that seems that seems like a poor decision. <laughs> but but one of the things that stood out in contrast the scene in Thin Red Line where they first where they're going. They, like they set up their base and then they're like going, they're, they're going to go up the hill and it's when Jared Leto, it's Jared Leto's one scene. Mm-hmm. And he is like, Hey guys, go around that corner and see what happens. <laughs> and it, but I mean, it really, it really settles in like, okay, you guys are going to go die. And then we're yes. going to know what happens. They were the cannon fodder. <laughs> where, where saving private Ryan has that same scene, but, doesn't really linger on it. I mean, obviously, when you're going out the the, the jumping off the boats, that's one thing. Um, that's clearly obvious. But there's the scene where when when Tom Hanks is trying to take out the machine gun nest, mm-hmm. and he sends like eight guys to their death. I think roughly the, the movie like he doesn't even think twice. It like there's just no. And I get that's kind that's what you have to be. You have to be able to make those kind of decisions, but. I, the, the fact that the movie or him doesn't didn't like contemplate on it really at all um, really took me off guard after watching the thin red line I, really revel yeah. in all those moments. Like he didn't think about it in the moment, but it stuck with him afterwards. Like it did. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's, it does that's what he had him. to do. It's like yeah. he he would have like he didn't have time to grieve. He had to take oh, those, I, I, those guns out. I, yeah. I totally get it. I, but I think but yeah, that's I get what where, you're saying though. Yeah, where saving where Thin Red Line like really I think hits you more emotionally for me at least was it just really wallowed in all of those decisions and all those lives sacrificed. Where well, do you think part do you think part of it too is because Tom Hanks's character was a more like experienced officer in a sense, he's a teacher. and then. I mean, he, I mean, he's not necessarily. I yeah, mean, but like he, he kind of, he knew what to do. Like he, he had been like, this wasn't his first time there ever. Like he had been doing this before, as opposed to. I, um, I don't think it has anything to do with the characters. Like I said, I think the okay. film later on does a good job of showing how this. He's just basically how this has affected and changed him. Yeah, um, I just think it's a filmmaking thing. And I think part of it stems to, I mean, Spielberg inherently makes entertaining films. Like, I don't think he can not do that. I mean, Schindler's List is an entertaining, extremely well-made and crafted movie that doesn't feel, I mean, it's horrible and horrific, just like this movie is at times. But, like, he just can't not make a movie, like, propel forward and I think that's a part of it as well, too, is like he just he's just keeping things moving, always on the move, always trying to tell the story. And yeah. um, it, it's not a major criticism. It's more just a comparing the two. Like kind of just thing. how Malik Malik will like just kind of slow down, focus on what just happened, or as opposed mm-hmm. to Spielberg yeah. is like, let's well, just I, get to the next thing. Let's I think keep going. they both focus on stuff, though, because, like, you're talking about that, in Terrence Malick, the stuff he focused on, like, I keep harping on it, but, like, watching What's-His-Face die from a... what What's that actor's name? I can never remember his Woody name. Woody Harrelson? Reason. Yes, Woody Harrelson. Him dying, and then the guy in the field screaming. It's like those things, like, at that point in the movie, I couldn't help but roll my eyes 
and like but then when i was watching save it prior and ryan when he would focus on stuff it res like it hit me harder like when the people were being shot in the water and the blood was like the mm. water was so red at the end of that like yeah like vision. watching it wash and like up watching the guy then... like just kind of kicking around the sand trying to find his arm that had blown off yeah. it's like or those guy, things resonated guy, with me much more the, felt more yeah. impactful i mean the guy is screaming for his mom oh Oh my god, so many people scream for their mom, though. It got a little... No, but that's that's <laughs> the dude with, like, his organs on the beach, and he's trying yeah. to hold them all in. Yeah. Like, that is... Oh, man, that you mentioned me. You mentioned Malik showing the, the things that you remembered was the, the struggling bird mm -hmm. was one of the yeah, things you remembered. Yeah, he does like to do that. I mean, but I mean, Malik made the intentional choice to not show the graphic violence in the way that Spielberg does. And he tried. He used imagery of nature being destroyed to draw the parallels of that as well. Yeah, but like, then, like in some of the things, like at one point, he showed he settled on like a random Japanese boy, like squatting naked. And I was like, yeah. I don't know what he's trying to tell me with these things he shows. It just felt so weird when he would like cut to something. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to pause here for a second, and then we're going to keep on going with the movie. <laughs> Private Ryan, though, again, like I, I was just comp complimenting Spielberg's direction. I mean, it is exhilarating and terrifying for those first 30 minutes or so. And every scene that follows is just almost as well executed. I also, another contrast to the Thin Red Line that really stuck out was, I mean, I think Saving Private Ryan is a, a funny movie, too. Like, the banter and the characters yeah, are sure, 100%. really compelling to watch. Yeah. And he he wants you to get to know all these people. And actually, I was at the at the final battle. I was actually shocked by how long it took for it, that to happen. Because he really does stop and let everybody kind of shoot the shit a little bit. So you have that much more investment with those characters. Um, but I have to say, watching The Thinner Line, I was invested with every death just as much i feel even though malik i mean he does put his time in with character work with different voiceovers and flashbacks and yeah but when you. you ignore the voiceovers like me it doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's it is it is a great contrast to the camaraderie and like hey this is our team of guys that private ryan has going for it i can't really hold anything against either of these movies and it had vin diesel <laughs> Vin Diesel, very good. I will say, like, it's the through line of watching this company, one, get an assignment that they don't want, and then slowly watch them lose more and more of their uh, of their company after just watching a bunch of them die on the beaches of Normandy. And watching that, and then watching how, at the very end, kind of the demise of their final, like, defense mission is because of this guy that they picked up to go on this mission that they didn't want in the first place. Like, all of that is, I, get, I guess you could say really smart or really manipulative at showing you the horrors of war and kind of making you try to appreciate or understand everything that they did for their, uh, for their service. Um but I'm not going to say that takes away from the film because, again, I still – I feel like I had such a good appreciation or good understanding now of what it was like to be a soldier in – or at that time uh, during World War II. And so it's just – yeah, it's easier to follow. It's not as artsy, but doesn't make it less good. Not arguing it's less good. Yeah, and I just – I mean, to me, the like, I got more emotion from the opening moments of – 
Saving Private Ryan than I did from any moment in in um, the Thin Red Line. Like, I mean, I, I guess part of that is because now I know who that guy was. You know, he's Ryan, you know, fast forward years, decades. And I mean, it, it's... Like, I actually teared up a little bit in the opening, just with him walking uh, to the cemetery, and then I full-on bawled uh, at the end again. Like, I... And I just... I don't know. I just didn't feel anything even close to that in in The Thin Red Line. I cried a little bit because the movie wasn't ending. <laughs> that's why you gotta take breaks Lauren that's why I can't I, go I, like, it's, it's, I hate taking breaks during a movie and it's it was my downfall in this yeah, one I use I usually I'm usually that same way I'm like I can't I have to finish but this movie I'm just like okay okay you win I will I will put you down for a little bit I'll come back to you oh it's like I I'm okay with the movie being long I'm not a fan of it but when a movie feels long, that's that's the problem. And Saving Private Ryan never felt long. Thin Red Line. Oh, God, it felt so unbelievably painfully long. I am going to argue, guys, on that Saving Private Ryan is not as, like, look at that guy's in this movie as much as Oh, no, Thin it Red definitely Line. is. But, like, it didn't feel the same scale as me. And I got this to movie play. post opening, post the opening scene. So Jeremy Davies shows up as Op- Upham. Okay, he's not in the first scenes at all. Then you also have Which Brian Cranston. Upham? Oh, the only reason I know who that guy is though is because of Lost. Okay. Everybody. <laughs> oh, he's the best. In, I love him. Everybody who's in the company was like a major star, ish. For like they were definitely all led a movie at some point within the next five years. But like, what have a um, lot of them but done that's, now? That's looking like, back. What now. was the last thing Giovanni <laughs> yeah. Ribsy was in? He He's has always a show. Sneaky Pete. Pete. It, ben watches Sneaky that Pete. show. It's so good. I love it's him. So good. He was oh, in Friends. I love. Oh, his character <laughs> was, on Friends is awesome. Frank is the last, amazing. The last movie I saw him in was what? Uh, the um, Bad Batch. He's in all the Avatar movies that are coming. <laughs> Oh, All three oh, of right, them. That's right. Enough, yeah. All right. So this. So Private Ryan ends up having <laughs> Ted Danson, Paul Giamatti, Dennis Farina, Max Martini of Pacific Rim fame. Your boy, um, Firefly. Nathan Fillion. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, it was so funny though, because like he was cast, like he was a nobody when this movie was cast. But then um, Goodwill Hunting like came out before this, and he became like an overnight sensation. And like, yeah. but he was cast it for was? being a nobody. Well, I think he was in Courage oh, Under Fire awesome. before. Well, yeah, this, but like correct? I'm just talking about like at the time yeah. he yeah, wasn't well known. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't any bigger than Vin Diesel was at that point. <laughs> when when was the first Fast and Furious? Uh, like not 2000, 2001. Yeah. So Vin Diesel was a nobody at that point. He was. But like generic, I feel like generic I think soldier maybe number why one. It's, sticks out for me with Thin Red Line is like half the people, like these people, when I see in the movie, I'm like, yay, that guy! And Thin Red Line, it's like, ah, oh, John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just giving you guys trouble, but... Oh, no, they, you're they, making a perfect point. It's like... the, uh, 
but that it's just a murderer's row of people down there yeah. in the back end of that like movie. Like both movie both casts are stacked. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't have a problem with either movie you throwing a bunch of people at me. Like I was like, oh this person, this person, oh this person. I mean it's oh, a, I, like it's, I mean go go look at the cast of Black Hawk Down and how many people became huge after that movie and it's it's quite impressive as well. It's a it's a thing war movies do. Even saving our like Band of Brothers has a bunch of you know, well, I don't know. They, this might just be like a rite of passage for a lot of actors. You gotta get in a war movie. <laughs> Do you think the top hot, the top half of Tom Hardy's face is gonna get famous after uh, Dunkirk? Is that happening? Or it was already famous from Dark Knight Rises. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we're not giving Saving Private Ryan as much lip service. Is there? I will say, like, it's been a long time since I had watched this movie. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, just war films, I tend to like them when I watch them, but it's just not my genre that I go back to regularly. Yeah. So, like, it was weird to watch this now versus when I was younger and first watched it. Because for the longest time, like, I was so shocked in this moment, like, when I was watching it now, for some reason, I thought the German guy who stabbed um, Adam Goldberg's character. Oh, yeah. Was, was I also always the guy thought that got it away? Was, yeah. I thought it was that yeah. guy. And that had stuck with me for the longest time. And then it wasn't him. And I felt like yeah. I've been living this huge lie. Wait, who did you think it well, was? Well, Just the, the German guy, guy they let go earlier. Yeah. They let him walk away. Yeah. The guy that kills Tom Hanks at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then he comes back and does that. So it's like, okay, maybe I just confused the two moments. No, no. It's because... It's because... No, I agree. They look similar. I th- I'm I, racist. No, I, I thought the same thing <laughs> as well for a sure. while. My own people. And, and it gets confusing because he, he lets Oppum live. And then you're like... So it, it throws in that wrinkle that like maybe it yeah, is that like guy. I thought, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah. you save me. I'll save you. Mm-hmm. Though I do like Oppum comes off. He's so frustrating, and yeah, but he's understandable. It's yeah, like in the beginning of the movie, yeah. he pretty much told them you should not put me in war situations. But like again, like him when he does shoot the guy, the guy, you know, he does kill the yeah. That the guy felt kind of disingenuous end. to me. Yeah, it was just like okay, he's oh. a tough guy now. No, no, no. Like, I didn't think it was a. T- I don't <laughs> think it was that kind of thing. I think it was just. The culmination of all his emotions of uh, one feeling the cowardice of not being able to help his friends when they were yeah. uh, when they were struggling, and also this like I stood so uh, I, I stuck to my guns so much in regards to letting this guy go, and now, now he's the reason why my all my friends are dead. Like it was, yeah. I don't think it was necessary a transformation moment. I think it was just like. Just an emotional moment for him, and the uh, no, manifestation I, I, of that. I, I also think in the script script level, you can also read that as like the culmination of the one guy who was all like, Oppum is like all for the 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 rule of law and duty of what the army should be, and that he is ultimately crumbled by it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could totally read into that as what's happening there, but. I think the fact that you can also read it as, which would go along with the anti-war piece of Thin Red Line, but the fact that you can really read it as a revenge, yeah, finally, like a fist pump moment almost, is shows a little bit of the, where I wish Saving Private Ryan maybe did that piece of the anti-war piece a little bit better outside of just the, the brutal violence of it all. I'll say one thing I could say about Saving Private Ryan that didn't work for me, and it was really supposed to be this huge moment, was when Tom Hanks 
told everyone what he did and it brought the team back together. I was like, this didn't work for me at all. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, you were a teacher, but why does that make everyone want to stay here now? Cue the, cue the moment where the three teachers of the podcast gang up on Lauren. <laughs> that's where the, hey, that's I where loved the, my teachers. <laughs> I think that's an interesting plot point that gets lost in that the fact that he's doing it because he thinks this is going to get him out of here. Like, they never explicitly say that. And, but then but, he's yeah, believing that like, at that point. He's like, if we find Ryan, I get to go home. Like, that's what he thinks this transaction is. And so then the guy stays because he wants to help Tom Hanks get home. Because, like, it's just like the guy turning around to stay was the, like, it didn't work for me for some reason. I think it's just supposed to be this is this mystery around him that just basically calms everybody down and then they get back on track. I don't think it's supposed to convince anybody of anything. It's just supposed to be, well, I don't know. Maybe it is like, maybe, like I've said, maybe there's some confusion there. Maybe he's saying, if we find him, we get to go home guys. So we should, but it doesn't read like that. That's, that's what I thought. It's like, they get to take him home, home yeah. kind of thing. But that's not uh, how it works. Can I? Well, does normally they don't know, send people does, in to is get this, one guy anyway. Is, that's what Guys, I was just going to ask. Is this inspiring? true Why are at we all? This? Like the thing <laughs> where they go and save the last remaining son, is that a thing that actually ever happens? It, it happened for real. But Nate, were they in the town Wait, where they did? find Nathan Fillion, yeah. is that, they found the real Ryan in that town. But like, why? Why Wait, this does this based one on kid true... get saved out of all the sons that died? Like, why? I just think it's because it was a, it was an extreme circumstance killed. that something like this happened. I don't. I, I mean, he was the only one that had so, him killed. It just seems like I'm with the soldiers. It's like what makes Private Ryan special? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just had another anti-war piece though, and that that that, that Private Ryan is. It, it's interesting that it that takes the path of showing the carnage, as being the anti-war message, where Thin Red Line is much more about the psyche being the anti-war message of the two and i think they're they're not a good double feature to play next to each other but they're very complimentary films in that they tell two different stories in two different parts of the world about this war and they're both perfectly executed in their own ways does anybody have anything else they'd like to share about this movies i will say i'm probably due for (laughs) another watch of the thin red line just so i could Again, I binge-watched both of them at once, so I could probably get a better appreciation of it the second time around. Um, but I do highly recommend everyone um, watch Saving Private Ryan, especially if they don't really know anything about the military or have like an extensive knowledge of like military history or anything like that. I think it's, just, it's, it's eye-opening, to say the least. Um, yeah. Blatant nationalism (laughs) and patriotism aside, I think it's still worth it. I would say that Saving Private Ryan and Dunkirk are the best two war movies I've ever seen. Um, Dunkirk. I know, your favorite. I know. Oh, I forgot to mention in my poll on Facebook (laughs) that that none of you voted for, I don't think. Um, Well, I wasn't sure if I I voted for it. Did you? I didn't want to give my... I wasn't sure if my opinion, like, oh, yeah, like did, I Lauren. didn't want to share it yet. Um, but there were thirty-one votes, <laughs> and twenty-six voted for Saving Private Ryan. Five voted for The Thin Red Line. 
Someone suggested Patton in the comments, and someone also suggested <laughs> Bridge Too Far. I think someone's. I think there's some Dunkirk in the comments. Oh, there's also Dunkirk, yeah, too. That's why I brought it up. I want to give a shout out to my friend Jackie because she left the comment. This is a really tough one, honestly. This decision will bother me for the next six days. <laughs> Quick question. Yeah. What is the thin red line? Uh, so it comes from a phrase from the book, um, which is well, it it comes from the title of the book, which comes from a phrase by another book by I want to say either Rudyard Kipling or <laughs> Roland Dahl, which has to say like it talks about how soldiers are like the last thin red line of defense. Meaning like I'm assuming because of their blood. I feel like hmm. that's as drawn out as everything else in the thin red line. The title <laughs> is based off of something somebody quoted in a book that's actually from a different book that all right then. Per Wikipedia. <laughs> the film's title comes from the novel, which was named referencing a line from Rudyard Kipling's poem Tommy from the book Barrack Room Ballads in which he calls foot soldiers the thin red line of heroes referring to the stand of the 93rd Regiment in the Battle of Balaklava in the Crimean War. Balaklava? Is that how you say that? Balaklava? I'm pretty sure it's Balaklava. It's baklava. It's a delicious dish. No, no, stop being stupid, Zach. Um, so what's going to do it, um, next week we're doing a new release and by next week in like 48 hours for us, we're going to be reviewing the newest A24 film and their, did they have a horror movie this year? It's their, it seems to be their annual entry into, um, artsy horror film and that is, uh, Hereditary. I love how these guys get like pretty unknown uh, directors, and then they somehow put together these films that have like amazing casts. And they they also have like stupid low budgets. Yeah. So then, like, they don't even have to make much money to be considered profitable. Like the witch's budget was like what two million dollars. Jesus. And this movie opened to the most ever for an A24 movie. Really? This past weekend. And nice. I don't know. It didn't seem that the cinema score went crazy on this movie, um, which I was kind of. Um, I've heard Ben's brief thoughts on the movie, and um, his reaction was what not what I expected it to be necessarily. Um, Speaking I, the pers- of the witch, does this movie need subtitles to be understood? No. no. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I imagine a big part of our conversation, as I've alluded to on Twitter, is going to be um, sussing out the ending of this movie a little bit. But I don't want to get into that anymore. Yeah. Um, Tell me nothing. Uh, yeah. So go see Hereditary. Go help A24 make more movies because they're the best. And uh, they're already making this guy's next movie as well. Um, uh, Ari Aster is the director's name. Uh, so I'm excited to see that movie too. Uh, and if you see Hereditary and you want to get a jump on our conversation, I wrote a weird rambling of words about it, uh, asking questions about the movie. Um, uh 
uh, on the website, so you can do that. And that uh, website is middleofrow.com, and uh, you can find that and more writings and reviews there. And you can find me at Zach Goldenberg wherever you can find at Zach Goldenberg. Uh, I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find more writings as well, uh, like the upcoming co-review Lauren and I are writing and the upcoming co-reviews for uh, Quantic Dreams games uh, John and I will be writing at uh, well, on Facebook at Middle of Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter for when you'll get updates when we post uh, podcasts. Uh, podcast episodes or any of the aforementioned writings that uh, the many of us do and that's at middle of row hashtag know the and I'm Lauren Highball you can find me on twitter at beware of trees and you can find us on tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com thanks for listening go see hereditary and go see solo I still might be able to salvage that episode because that episode. <laughs> you literally, just you literally have six yeah. minutes of me. It'll be it'll no, be but, just but, you but, and I talking. <laughs> well, I know, but but that's basically what the episode feels like in hindsight was me and I arguing about the movie. So and Lauren was not Ouch. present for that one. So I, I think there might be a usable conversation or two out of there. But um, now that I'm I'm on summer break uh, as a teacher. I might have some time to dig into it and see if I can turn that into something. It's going to be a Frankenstein's monster podcast Maybe even episode. dig up um, <laughs> the, the original Snowman episode as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, until then, uh, go see Hereditary, and the best seats are in the middle of the road. <laughs>